G'day listeners, you're tuned to Soundwaves, a podcast that explores the nexus between surfing and music and the nefarious spaces in between. Between the wave and the rave, between the heaving shack and the martial stack, between neoprene and spandex, the mosh pit and the death pit, fiberglass and vinyl, the boogie and the board, between Brian Eno and George Greeno. So wax up, you stick, crank up the stereo, paddle out into the secret sonic surf spot that is sound waves tales from the shack 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 recording okay recording hola bon dia buenos dias uh, uh, g'day 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 uh, ni hao yes what are, what, are, what, are, what are they saying in new zealand uh, say hello do they say hello or i don't know do we have any listeners from New Zealand? New Zealanders, oh, chime in. Question. I think uh, a few few people on the on a on a yacht were listening to us, and I don't know if they're in New Zealand anymore. I think they could be in Tahiti now. I've lost track sure. of where they are. Nice. So they uh, are they set are they setting up their yacht for the um, the upcoming uh, Chopo comp? Oh no, they're uh, just sailing around the uh, Pacific, just. Um, Waiting at for the, the ba- Spanish Spanish owner to uh, to come along and take fly uh, in fly in on yeah. his Learjet in his Learjet. Pretty much, pretty much. What are the um, what are the you you'd know this? What are the um what's those fancy jets that all the riches have? Um, G four or G Gulf Stream G five G five G five yeah a G five airplane and lots money play. Shout out to uh, Mike. Um, he's probably not listening, but uh, I once hey, shared I, I once shared a uh, a cabin at Gland with a lovely Hawaiian guy, uh, Mike. And oh, yeah. Yeah, I was there with with Mike. Yeah, I met Mike. Yeah, yeah. You, of course, of course you were. And um, uh, if my memory, my my failing memory serves me correctly, he flies golf streams for rich people out of Dubai. Was that right? Is that right? I think so. I think so. Ooh. Yeah. Lifestyles yeah. of rich and famous. Um, <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So, uh, how does this fine Monday evening uh, find you in uh, quarantine? Good. Good, yeah. Been getting out for my daily exercise. Had a reasonably average surf today, but um, not where at, at at the Zach? I actually went out the reef. Uh, yes, Oof. the local yep. reef. Got a uh-huh. couple, uh, couple of little ones. Yeah, it was it was nice. Um, what were you nothing, riding? Nothing. Oh, I uh, can't remember. Oh, I've got a uh, six two. Uh, Channel Islands. I can't remember what model it is because there's too many to remember. But it's <laughs> yeah. uh, it was um, Connor. You need, a, you need a you need a code for all the fucking Channel Islands names and you know. I should just call it one two three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, no, it was a one of Connor O'Leary's uh, old boards. Giddy like up. Yeah. Where'd you, nice, uh, you you didn't find that just on a council? You didn't find that on the council. <laughs> I was just hanging outside his house. Going, surely he's going to throw us some boards soon. <laughs> um, 
No, uh, just just at the local uh, surf shop. Um, uh, yeah, just, mate, so you've you've gone all high performance on us, mate. Shortboard, I know, crazy. Um, six Get out two, of town. Rounded pin, um, nice. perfect for the reef. Um, yeah. How about you? I, I think you've been getting some tubes. Uh, well, yesterday, yeah, right. yeah. I mean, the, yeah, the the. I mean, it's been extremely kind of summery average. I've been right in the mid length, having fun. You know, lots of lots of fun little little waves here and there. Had a mate over from landlocked Austria, who's a very keen surfer when he when he can be. Obviously, uh, hasn't been surfing too much due to COVID. Um, and uh, yeah, yesterday morning uh, we got up at the crack because we knew that there was a nice little one day summer swell happening and oh. uh we got we yeah we managed to get like an hour and a half of uh beach break tubes at our favorite beach break tuby spot um nice uh yes yeah, it was good it was i was it was about three foot but fuck you know a couple of little couple of couple of visions and um enough to enough to make you feel nice. uh feel good about existence for for a little while until the next kind of uh onshore uh t- two weeks of onshore uh happens yep. but no it was good fun oh good stuff and, tube uh, therapy mate tube therapy there's nothing like it excellent mm. the vortex um mind altering <laughs> exactly it was, it was almost almost as um almost as beneficial as five hours of uh psychedelic um <laughs> relaxing what, what, psychedelic folk rock or whatever it was no what was it <laughs> psychedelic space space rock that's it psychedelic yeah. space rock yeah, this uh, it was the genre of music i didn't know that i loved and um <laughs> i also realized there's another genre called space space disco there's like these space genres I, I think these people don't realize that most astronauts aren't out, out there just listening to 20 minute trip out kind of guitar solos they're, they're probably doing some <clears throat> some checklists and some work well and I also I, I i think also generally the type of person who's an astronaut this is a huge generalization but I do vaguely recall reading or hearing a, an interview with an astronaut and they were more into, I don't know, you know, Brian Adams and Shania Twain. Or <laughs> That's right. Shit. I've just yeah. mentioned those. I've just mentioned those two people. Now they have to go onto some sort of playlist, right? Ah! Yeah. We've mentioned that, Shania mate, Twain. This is a second podcast in a row to mention Shania Twain. Mate, that, that, don't, that don't impress me much. Okay. So you're a rocket scientist. That don't impress me much. <laughs> you like her? Come on, um, Brian, Ad- Brian Adams. I've, I mean, you know, "Summer of '69" oh. is not a terrible song. <laughs> no, you got it. 
Uh, uh, do you know, f- funnily enough, um, uh, I was doing some research for today and guess what year Brian Adams released his debut album? Summer of 84, perhaps? Woo! Exactly right. Exactly right. Bingo. Nice. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Well, before we hit that, um, so we, we got the we got the surf we got the surf talk out of the way, which was uh, that was yep. quick. Jeez, that was quick. Out of the way, bang. Well, I'm on my second. I'm on my second coffee, so I'll probably be um, increasing nah. my velocity as we uh, as we go through the through the morning. Um, yeah. What about um, what's floating your boat, mate? Uh, um. Well, let me think. Oh, yeah. Look. I just noticed the last probably every episode probably we've been very <laughs> music wise probably more nostalgic than cutting edge. Mm. Um, and I actually heard a song that was a new release just the other day. Get <laughs> the fuck out of town! Yeah, it was actually made in this millennia. My God! Uh, so yeah, it was actually just released. This uh, they're, they're called Public service broadcasting i don't know if uh, i've heard i've heard the the name definitely yeah that uh as if i can't what's the song called is the just latest release um it's got a great uh film clip on uh youtube i watched of uh, these uh lycra clad uh roller skating ah yes yes i you Um, you send it through i um i do you like that yeah i did like it i like the song and i like the uh the color coordinate well not color coordinate because they're all in they're like primary yeah. coloured, mm. fully clad so they're, they're, they're literally on the spectrum. And um, but anyway, yeah, so I, I did a bit of look into public service broadcasting. Interesting band. I think they're from the UK, even though they sound German in that song. Um, put on. But they've got an album. Well, they've, they've got these kind of concept albums, that, which, um, you know, concept albums have a, I reckon, an unfair kind of bad name I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a concept and an album i think it's a great um, idea personally but yeah. yeah but anyway they've got this one album which i've been listening to called the race for space and basically it's it's documenting the space race from pretty much it starts with you know jfk's famous um you know we do Statement. this not because it is easy but because it's hard and yeah um it starts with that and then finishes with with man kind of walking on the moon uh, with so different songs in between. It's it's really cool. Um, so I'll put a few clips of that in. So that's been floating my boat. Space. Now this is uh, I'm I'm still in the space realm. Well, it's um, funny because that you would expect that um, concept album to be something that perhaps craft work or uh, mm, uh, definitely yeah i don't know uh, or yellow might um, come up with a, a a concept album on on the space race but yeah that's awesome yeah it's got a great there's a great track where yeah you know like at various stages of the mission they've got all the different controllers basically saying go or no go and yeah. so they've just got this whole series of all the different controllers just going go 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 Retro, stay. Lido, stay. Guidance, stay. Control, stay. Calcom, stay. GNC, stay. Ecom, stay. Surgeon, stay. Retro, go. Lido, go. Guidance, go. Control, go. Falcom, go. GNC, go. Ecom, go. Surgeon, go. Retro, go. Lido, go. Guidance, go. Control, go. Retro, go, 
that's so that's my uh floater um okay. musically surfing wise <laughs> i've got nothing okay nothing just floating my boat i did get nothing. a nice old i did get a nice old foamy off the council cleanup single fin um it's called what, the, classic like cool light foamy almost i don't know how old Ooh. this thing is it looks old it probably looks older than it is um but it's a, called a hot grommet um <laughs> Hot Grommet Surfboards Australia. It's one of those kind of cloth covered foamies. Yeah, you know, the ones got, that the ones that if you if you put your if you get your bare skin anywhere near that cloth, you're gonna it's like sandpaper after about five minutes. Like you will you'll have no nipples um, <laughs> exactly. to speak of afterwards. Uh, yeah. So I suppose that's that's it hasn't floated me yet because I haven't used it. Well, but that's oh, that's pretty cool, man. That's pretty yeah. cool. Well, my um, my well, my musical boat of floating of boat is a, it's okay. It's not brand new release. In fact, it's uh, actually a release from guess what year, nineteen eighty four. Um, but it's kind of uh, it's it's very new to me. And there is a link to our previous couple of episodes because this is an album um, uh, by a German musician. Um, and no as actually Ashra Temple founder, and, and I don't even know what Ashra Temple is. I'll have to look at <laughs> a guy called Man, Manuel Gutsching. Gutsching. I can't. My, wow. my, Ger, my German is. And this album is called E Two E Four, which is actually named after a chess move, um, which is <laughs> so a very, It's a very popular opening chess move, which uh, I'm uh, wondering because I'm wondering if it's the if that's it's just the a porn, uh, isn't it? Yeah, it probably is. Oh, is it? it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Yes, it is. It's a it's a pawn. It's a pawn. I was thinking it might be one of those snazzy ones where you where you move the the rook. Um, oh, you know, first first move the rook. horsey, yeah. the horsey out the <coughs> it, out the gate. Anyway, this is really interesting, and I would uh, recommend everyone goes out and um, it, the, the whole album is on uh, YouTube, as most things tend to be these days. Um, I haven't looked on other other platforms, but I'm sure it's there. But this is really it's really interesting because it's it's one track, it's minimalistic hour long electronic track, and he recorded it all in one go. Um, using a sequencer, improvised keyboards, metallic percussion, and a little bit of guitar, and it's wow. it's um, yeah, it's um, it's kind of got a bit of Latin rhythm, but essentially it's uh, it's it's known for being uh, important in the development of house and techno music. So it's oh, kind of okay, got, uh, yeah. Mm. And is it got any uh, vocals? um no was it no no and it's got a it's got a rhythm which um a shout out to my man dj sosh i know that he will never listen to this podcast but um anyway (laughs) one of his favorite songs of all he he, uh dj sosh did a lot of uh djing in the kind of uh, late 80s uh, through the 90s um, and one of his favorite songs is called Sueño Latino, which means Latin dream. Uh, and that samples one of the rhythms from this E2, E4 album. So, wow. So cool. go out. Well, I have to get, check that one out. Yeah, 58 minutes and 40 seconds of uh, minimalist electronic stuff. Nice. Chess, chess related electronic. <clears throat> 
Exactly. Um, and uh, oh, and um, uh, surf-wise, I did happen to watch a five-minute clip of like 12-foot Ulus. I don't know if you saw this. And then, and a guy, he, he must have been towed in, but he gets a one-minute-long wave at Uluwatu from way, 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 way outside. I guess it's outside temples or outside... Um, Outside, outside corner. Outside, outside corner, like way outside corner. And yeah, yeah pretty much all the way through. Um, really quite impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, so the tar- it, yeah, it, it, it made me pine for, uh, for Indonesia. Yeah, I saw a little bit of that, but I, I kind of had to stop because I, I was just missing Indo too much. And I yeah. think... Well, I think we're going to do an episode on. Yeah, we, on, uh, we are. We're going to do a, a, a little. Um, I've not been to Bali too <laughs> lately. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I can't go to Bali too. I, <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, yeah, and uh, no, b- before crazy. we move on, before we move on to all things Orwellian, mm-hmm. um, I've got a bit of correspondence here from a person that re- refers to themselves as Dudley Bodger. Duh. Dudley Bodger. Now, Dada. I assume, I assume that, that... Yeah, okay. So, um, Dudley Bodger says, Hi, really enjoyed the latest offering. Um, uh, this actually, I'm, I'm a bit slack on my uh, correspondence, so this might, might be referring to the, the episode before last, actually. Probably, yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It's the Fairlights episode. But anyway, okay. <laughs> really enjoying the latest offering. Brought back fond memories of riding the Italian-made hydrofoils. Long, yes, Long Reef DY and Fairlight. Now I remember that they were they were all called called that. Mm. Didn't realize didn't realize they were Italian-made, but it kind of it kind of makes sense that that all the design mm. features and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, and Stan jolted my memory of his favourite Zach local, C. Finn Ars, he calls him. C. Finn Ars. C. Finn Ars. <laughs> uh, with a hyphen. Finn hyphen Ars. Um, nice. In 1979, I bought a KC 5 foot 10 20 off him for 100 bucks. Wow. Yeah, from Finn Ars. Wish I still had it. I can hear... His high-pitched rants and foam-spitting send-ins to this day. <laughs> so obviously, wow. uh, obviously, Finas um, didn't just send me in; he must have sent a whole lot of people in. And yeah. I don't know how how old is how old's Dudley? Oh, he's he's a good seven or so years older than me. Right? So, yeah. So yeah, so he would have so, been a, con- a contemporary of Finas. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. yeah so, he's, um, um, Cheers, Dudley. That's a that's a classic story, mate. And um, I replied to him, and I, I also said, "Geez, imagine how we could have even do an episode on this albums that we either lost or lent to people and never gave back, and boards that we should have kept." Ah, oh, yes, boards. I mean, pretty much every board. Oh, uh, I, I I had a I had a. Uh, McCoy single fin with the, all the classic McCoy everything, just perfect, perfect board, perfect, perfect. Yeah, board. Man, oh. I just I wish I had that board. The only problem is though, I pretty much rode all my boards to death till so, so they died, which just yeah. no, I don't that's know. true, that's true. Well, maybe they, Dud- yeah. maybe Dudley was a bit more um, caring of his KC five ten twenty. I think sure. I I so offhandedly uh, mentioned that Dudley when he 
I first I remember his maybe he's not his first board, but he had this single fin gun, so almost a gun. It, was, it must have been like about seven foot, and it was the brand was actually called Toy Gun. Uh, and I, I actually looked it up and it was actually a, a local shaper, um, John Hames, who I think is a father of, um, oh, of Matt of Hames, Matt Hames and Grub Hames, um, of Matt, uh, Matt of, of CHP fame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and basically, Toy Gun well, Gr- and Grub. Sorry, the- sorry to interrupt. Grub got second uh, in the Pro Junior once, right? What, um, yeah, yeah, so some talented yeah. surfers, but. They yeah, so Toy Gun started up in uh in the local uh, uh sort of area, mm-hmm. and one of the shapers was Greg. I never pronounced this right. Greg Clo, Greg Clough. Clough, uh, I think it's Clough. Yeah, who went on obviously to, to shape uh, or start Aloha, and um, there's a classic quote from uh, John Hames. He said, he said, uh, I remember Greg turning up early one morning to shape. And also to tell me he was about to embark on his own business. I asked him what he was going to call it. And he replied, Aloha Surfboards. I wished him luck and advised him that I did not think the name would work. Oh, <laughs> I, got that. Oh, God, I got that wrong. So How many, um, I mean, uh, I think we may have talked a little bit about Aloha before, but obviously Duma won, won two world championships on Aloha's. Uh did, did Pam Burridge write Aloha's? She, she may well have done. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, I think iconic. Barton, I had a few. I, I, Barton, I, Barton must have. Yeah, I think them. he did. Yeah. Oh, she Luke did. Egan. Luke Egan and Aloha. They were, that, that was synonymous for quite a while. Nice. Beautiful mm. boards. You had one. The logo. I had a couple. Yeah. Liked them. I, had, I, had a, I got a, probably it was my first ever brand new board, I think, was an Aloha. Mm. Was it a, was it a, an off the rack or a custom? Just off the rack, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. From Wix? No, from uh, from down at um, what was it called? Mullets. Oh, Mullets surf shop. Was that in that was in Tommy Carroll's hometown, right? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, that was the one that burnt wow. down, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That that and the supermarket burnt down at the same time. I actually remember because I got that the whole surf shop burnt down, but they obviously salvaged some of it. Um, yeah, they, they had to make, make, make a fire. They, they, yeah, they literally had a fire sale, and I yeah. remember I had some boardies I got for like I remember they were like five bucks or probably less. Well, and they had that, they had little burn holes in them. Um, well, that's that's hilarious because that, I think I've mentioned that my mum was never going to afford to uh, my parents when I was a kid, never, would never afford to buy me anything uh, that was pure surf because um, it was just too expensive. But I yeah. think, you know, apart from, obviously she used to make my imitation boardies and stuff, but um, I think that was the first real surf piece of attire that I got was um, something that was, I don't think it was, it didn't have any burn marks, but it was definitely. Sorry, uh, sorry to interrupt you. Uh, I think you've, you've, have you got a sock on your microphone or something? Hang Sounds on. like you're in the tube. Oh, hey, you just um, is that better? Sound, sounds like you're talking from inside underwater, basically. All right, well, I'll uh, we'll have to edit that out, but um, no, so you, it, you, you, you're just saying you got the boardies. We well, got uh, the boardies, they weren't, um, I think it was a t shirt actually. Um, right. and if my memory serves me correctly, it may have been a Balin or Balin. How do you say it? Balin, oh, Balin? yeah, yeah, I don't know, yeah, t shirt, but it. it it was definitely very smoke stained. 
it was funny. I, I, I can vividly remember going into the surf shop, kind of you walked in uh, through the kind of uh, half burnt out supermarket and then they had this kind of little setup selling whatever that was left uh, from the surf shop. So good. Funny. Um, well, there you go. Well, a um, little chip down memory lane there. Sure. I don't know how we... I think it was Dudley started that one. Well, well um, and you know what? That that um that surf shop may well have burnt down in 1984. I could very well have actually. <laughs> wow, well, yeah. let's kick it off. Yeah, I think we're so yeah. so we are we are going to talk about uh, 1984. Yeah, I don't know. Not I. Well, how did we choose 1984? It's just an iconic year for so many things. I, I mean, think when we I think when we were doing the a lot of this stuff about the the fair lights and the 303s and the 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 808s uh the the year 1984 just kept coming up didn't it yeah i think so and surfing as well i think you were talking about oki exactly getting his um thrust is his um rusty, rusty. thruster around that yep. time yep. yeah 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 <laughs> so i mean so i guess i, I guess with um uh, if we're going to go 1984, you know, the, the elephant in the room has to be George Orwell. Um, so I've got a little, mm. a li- got a little quote from Orwell from, from 1984. Um, and I don't know if this is relevant at all, but it does have the word record in it. So I thought that uh, <laughs> record means music and um, that's kind of what we talk about. So no- 1984, this is from the book, of course, every record has been destroyed or falsified. Every book rewritten, every picture has been repainted, every statue and street building has been renamed, every date has been altered. And the process is continuing day by day and minute by minute. History has stopped. Nothing exists except an endless present in which the party is always right. So my argument, my point of uh, this, uh, my perspective from this little podcast episode is going to be, was 1984 the year when music and surfing progression stopped? Did we did we ever did we ever go forward from 1984? Have we ever left? Have uh, have we ever left? Wow. Exactly. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's. And that I hope we little, find out. Well, I mean, the the interestingly, the I put a little thing on Instagram, which was that Oki rusty thing hmm. and they um rusty reissued that board uh whatever 35 years later yeah. and um Oki's, there's an interview with Oki talking about it and he basically says look this this board is as good as any thruster that you can get these days and essentially the uh, the whole board itself is not that dissimilar from a uh, a high performance shortboard that you would buy in the shops today. Yeah, yeah, especially um, one. I suppose you'd say now you'd look at it and say, "Oh, it's got a bit more volume than a say a, a pros board would." Just a, definitely slightly. a pros board, yes, but not your not your kind of. You know, we're all pretty much riding boards that have a bit of volume in them, right? Yeah, yeah, and and is that same video? where he's talking about that, where he actually surfs it. Yeah, at Rocky, so Rocky like Point. This is, a, Rocky this, is like, or something. this is not that long ago. He surfs it and he's absolutely ripping on it. 
there's one that there's one particular cutback that he just fucking kills wow. a wave. Yeah, absolutely kills it. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So. Uh. So 1984. You know, I, I was 12. Um. I guess you were 13. Yeah, just um, starting high school. Right. Yeah. So I was just about to go into high school, and uh, you know, that's a kind of seminal time in 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 one's existence. And certainly, yeah. um, certainly in terms of music and surfing, I mean, for me, I think, if memory serves correct, that was the year that I made my move from a Moray Boogie to a McCoy single fin. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and obviously lots and lots of music was uh, released that year. Um, going on, going on my tangent about 1984 uh, being the, the time where um, everything stopped evolving. Um, in, in my in my research, I also found out that Repo Man was released in 1984. Um, Repo Man. Wow. Now, yeah. Now, Repo Man not only is uh, one of the all time um, all time movies. Hello. Are you paying attention to me? Hey, he's talking to you. Fuck you. <laughs> but it has the most in- incredible uh, soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, wow. Uh, so, um, and I'll, I'll just give you some of the artists on the Repo Man soundtrack. I don't know. This is maybe means we're going to go into uh, go into music first. But can I, can I just guess that Oingo Boingo is on it? <laughs> Uh, no it's not no No, i i I would have thought so um no it's actually it's a lot more kind of uh it's got a lot more um a lot more of a punk ethos actually um the the theme songs written and performed by iggy pop oh wow there's two songs by the circle jerks oh yeah uh, suicidal te- suicidal tendencies black flag uh, the, 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 the juicy bananas <laughs> two songs by the by the juicy bananas who I've never heard of before um, and a band called so fear 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 wow mm. so yeah pretty pretty out there but um, it got, got me thinking about you know essentially the whole ethos of of the film Repo Man is the, the kind of futility of existence and the fact that we're all, it's almost like we're we're permanently stuck in a catch-22 that we can't get out of where, you know, the the man is uh, has 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 its boot on our head and no matter how, how much we try and subvert it, we're not going to, not going to win anything. Um, and I, I kind of thought that it, it, it's interesting how a film that's kind of almost 40 years old even then we had predicted and then reflected on our own futility and uh, and kind of put that put that into into eloquent prose i mean obviously this is you know orwell did that even even further before but uh, it does seem yeah. to be a, a recurring theme of uh, of art that we 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 realize how absolutely insignificant we are in the in the grand scheme of things yeah yeah the um absurdity of mm. um of life yeah i mean god i'm going to See Repo Man again because it's um, probably been forty years since I've seen it. So, um, I mean, yeah, so it's, Harry, um, Harry Dean Stanton. Emilio, 
Is exactly. Emilio Estevez is he? It there? is. It is. And yeah. Harry Dean. Harry Dean Stanton. Um, well, that's Epic. interesting because mm. um, I actually dug up a, a movie because we don't talk movies very often, do we? No, that's it's true. Surf true. movies, but there were two movies made in 1984 that kind of caught my attention, and one of them I actually just watched a a very fascinating documentary uh, about Val Kilmer. It's just a new release, and it's basically produced by him, and all the, most of the footage is by him. Apparently, he filmed a lot of. Uh, behind the scenes stuff just just himself on on the sets etc like fascinating the, 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 the tommy the tommy carroll of uh of acting uh, perhaps yeah it's quite it's a sad story because i didn't realize he had throat cancer and he actually can't speak very well anymore he basically has a breathing hole in his neck that he has to right. kind of basically it's quite yeah it's quite a touching documentary anyway Val Kilmer's first ever movie was in 1984, Boom. and it was uh, Top Secret. No way. Yeah. I loved Top Secret when I was a kid. <laughs> and uh, the crazy thing about that is it's, it's got uh, the opening uh, credits has a song called Skeet Surfing. I don't know if you remember it. Basically, it's this crazy concept that uh, instead of everybody's gone surfing, it's everybody's skeet surfing where they've got shotguns they're all, all the surfers have got <laughs> shotguns in there and they're basically clay pigeon shooting while they're surfing it's uh it's just uh absolutely where nuts. did they come up with that idea that's classic uh, yeah so um i'll put a clip of that in that's pretty crazy um but also in that year uh, this is a film i've never heard of before it was called surf two um and basically, there is no Surf 1. They actually just, these guys <laughs> just made this movie and called it Surf 2. And it is one of the worst movies ever made, apparently. And it's basically, uh, the plot is, um, I'll give you the uh, rundown. A crazed nerd seeks revenge on a group of popular surfer dudes by turning them into garbage-eating punk rock zombies while everyone else gets topless and dances on the beach. There was um, there was something there was something about because that could easily be a scene in Repo Man. All right, uh, okay, and it's got Eric Stoltz, a very young Eric oh, Stoltz Eric in Stoltz. it, who, oh, yeah. who went on to uh, become a bit of a cult actor, I suppose. Mm -hmm. yep. The uh, the uh, the title track "Hold Me Back" was written by Oingo Boingo. I yeah, of course, of course, of course, and it's how some of these uh, reviews. Um, this is one of the reviews for Surf 2. The greatest mohawk zombie comedy ever made. Born at a short-lived moment in history where culture was low and damaged enough to sustain a comedy of this magnitude. Entertainingly brain-dead makes the Porky sequels look positively Shakespearean by comparison. <laughs> Porky's 2, <laughs> come on! Porky's 2 was classic. And, uh, it was... Um, it was uh, rated as one of the 15 movies that deserve a massive cult following following um calling it this uh calling the film serious competition for the position of the number one most off the wall and ingenious teen sex comedies of the 80s um, Mate, I've got, I, I, I must i must watch is that can uh, you can we access this youtube and there's just one more review Packing more slapstick and early 80s drive-in mania into one movie than any sane mind could imagine. 
Missing this movie would be like beating yourself in the face with a brick. <laughs> it is funny how that whole that whole I mean Oingo Boingo is actually just perfect for 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 this whole as, as a metaphor for this part of the 80s right there, there was some sort of I don't know if we uh, our society reached a kind of peak nothingness in some ways where there was just this kind of complete nihilistic kind of obsession with well there was also this obsession with things like you know surf punks and surf nazis and people people this kind of uh, apocalyptic you know uh, dress mm. sense and um it's it very 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 odd very odd uh, i mean I, again repo man is is the perfect uh, perfect example and you know, of course, sub subsequently, you know, like zombie films have become so uh, passe. That it's, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But there was something about that kind of early to mid 80s period where there was this kind of, uh, this, there was a lot of kind of futility in, I mean, even things like Total, oh. Re Total Recall and stuff like that. It's, just, it's Total Recall essentially is a, it's it's a it's a, a more upmarket version of um of your surf Nazis must die or or, or <laughs> yeah. surf two, uh yeah well and and I think too we forget yeah we, there's that eighties nostalgia now but yeah that the Cold War was still a thing in yeah nineteen eighty four like right. there was uh huge uh poverty in 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 africa for example you know not that there isn't problems now but the world was a very um fractured place yet yeah, well, let's not let's not let's not forget china was like one of the you know if you put china on the list of wealthiest countries it wouldn't have even made the top fucking 50 or something you know and you think about yeah, how much yeah. how much the world has changed since then it's crazy yeah so I think I think a lot of that nihilism is say like yeah probably came from that um, Cold War uh, sort of hangover and and still was still lingering. Um, can I can I, I just um, I've I've got an interesting quote that I was I happened to be reading an article the other day and it was about a documentary called Greed that this uh, this Swedish guy has made. Um, I think it's also available on YouTube um, <clears throat> and. Uh, there was a quote from it that stuck out and actually made me kind of think about everything that we're talking about and, and George Orwell and Repo Man and Surf 2. Um, and his, this guy's quote was talking about humans, humanity. Maybe we're just an evolutionary flash in the pan and one day we'll be sitting next to the dinosaurs at the cockroach museums. <laughs> oh, that's quite. <laughs> Isn't that good? The cockroach museum. <laughs> when the cockroaches come to, uh, you know, go for their family day out or their school trip, there's the yeah. oh, look, hey, look at those. Hey, remember look. those humans? They tried to. They tried to. They kept trying to squash us all the time. Uh, that's so good. Uh, yeah. Well. Okay. Yeah. Well. Um. Okay. I've got a. I've got a question for you. If we're talking about music. Are we looking at one of the greatest years for albums of all time? Albums. Wow. Mm. Well, I maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, I like I'm I am a I wish I called my I wish I could call myself an album kind of guy. And I and I, I know I should be, but 
I'm I'm a singles guy at heart. No, that, that's that, no, I've got nothing wrong I've with got, that. There's two albums actually from '84 that um, are definitely on my list of, of albums. So, well, it's, it seems like we're going to roll. It seems like we've got a roll reversal today because you've gone minimalist and I've gone more maximalist. So, uh, hit hit me with your albums, mate. Oh well, now you go first, just because you started it, and I, I'm. I'm struggling to remember what my two albums were. <laughs> well, okay. Uh, so um, obviously that was a kind of rhetorical question in, in some, some regards, but yeah. um, there, there's a huge range of amazing music released in 1984. Okay. Oh, yeah. Now um, on a, on a kind of larger scale, and I'm not going to talk about these albums too much, but on a, on a kind of global scale um, and encompassing a range of different genres Mm-hmm. Here are five albums that would blow anyone's mind. Stop making sense. Is that eighty four? Um, that's nineteen eighty four. No um, Don Handley, "Building the Perfect Beast," with oh, oh um, one of the greatest singles of all time. We've talked about before. Shardé's <clears throat> um, "Diamond Life." Oh, yeah. Uh, Lloyd Cole and the Commotions' "Rattlesnakes." Nice. Mm. And in excess, the swing, which we've we've talked about before. Um, wow. And I've got another. Uh, rather than doing the quiz at the end, I've, I've got a quiz for you right now. That uh, well, this this is my. Oh. You, you might have might have a quiz question for me, but in the USA in 1984, there were only five number one albums because most because many of these albums spent so long at number one there were only five albums in the whole of the year can you name them in 84 1984 there were five albums number one okay. and i'll give you a, i'll give you a clue one of them was a was a hangover from the previous year so it kind yeah, of yeah okay kept going well, i'm guessing there was one that was number one for almost a year i'm guessing it's thriller yeah, so Thriller was the one that started in 83 and then went over yep. to, 90, to 84, yep. Yep. Uh, I'm guessing uh, Born in the USA. Bing. I got a bing. Yeah. Um, so, oh, I'm, I'm going to struggle now. Uh, it was well, there, I, I, Don. I, yeah. I sent you something um, about the uh, w- w- one of my favourite singles of all time was... In, in this year oh god um <clears throat> was it prince exactly so the album uh, is it um oh what's it called that one um it's 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 some sort of weather system a very strange one <laughs> uh, it, the prince in the uh, east coast lows um, <laughs> Prince in the tropical storms. <clears throat> no, it's um, it's a certain color and 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 weather. Oh yeah, purple rain. Okay, course. now the so so yes, they spent the, those three albums spent the vast majority of the time. There was one album that was um, uh, number one for a week, and then another album that was a number one for like two two or three weeks. The album that was number one for two or three weeks was a soundtrack to a film and the sound the the not surf the, too <laughs> no no but we talked about one of the 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 artist who wrote the, the uh uh 
the theme track to this film we've talked about before because he was in a, a duo in the 70s that were pretty funky that we uh, discovered in a previous episode. Oh, not Loggins and Messina. Exactly. So what's the album? Oh, Kenny Loggins? From, no, from a movie. It was a soundtrack. Oh, like Top Gun or something? No, because he did he did the he did the Top Gun um, one of the songs in Top Gun. But no, this is uh, Footloose. Oh, Footloose, of course! Yeah. Wow, wow. And the last album is uh, something that was on. Uh, it was just one week, and yep. um, it's from a band, and it's someone's name with some current uh, current affairs. Huey Lewis and the uh, news. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> sports. How's that? that? That's a funny name for an album. Sports. Wow. Sports. Mm. I like it. Yeah, well um, done, mate. Well done. Cool. Wow. Mm. Well, my album. I, I, I'm sure there's two albums I was thinking of in '84, but my top one is uh, Hunters and Collectors: Jaws of Life. No I, way. I can't, not I can't remember if I've. Yeah, I can't remember if I was talked about this before but i just reckon we've talked about the uh, hunters but i don't think you've talked about this album no well it's crazy because it, it is for me it's just quintessentially aussie in in oh, all mate. the kind of like the best masculine one. sort of talk about toxic masculinity it's just like everything about australia trucks beer anger dust now, <clears throat> i, I don't know. would I would, I would um, actually, uh, I would say to you, I agree with you up to a point. And obviously, Mark Seymour and his wife Beta um, is a mm-hmm. is an image, an image to behold. But I would say that hunters and collectors were f- far more sensitive than what what. Um, oh than, yeah. Than that. yeah, yeah. But I just, this is just the subject matter, I suppose. Oh yeah, no, of course, yeah, of yeah. Course. And but yeah, like so, I mean, the first song in uh, Jaws of Life is 42 Wheels, and apparently, Mark Seymour got that song from a, an actual event where a, a truckie got uh, some, some sort of vendetta against this, this town, and he basically got pissed and drove his truck into a, uh, into a pub. Um, and that kind of sets the scene for the whole album. It's essentially, I suppose, uh, a concept album of sorts. Um, has it, has it got the? Uh, has, has it got the? What's the song? You don't make me feel like I'm a woman anymore. No, it hasn't. No, it it's got it, no. uh, Betty's worry or the oh, slab. Yeah. I was looking to see some dreams ripped from your fingers. I was working in that lonely place where memory lingers. No words, and I was here that I could. How good is that song, mate? Slab, which is a great film clip. Great. Apparently, it's about his. Uh, well, I think it's about Cunnilingus. That's what somebody told me. Anyway, yeah, but I tell yeah. you what, the whole, uh, the bass, every song has just got the deepest 
most driving baselines you, you've With, ever heard. Yeah, I mean, um, it was. It's like a the the hunters, particularly that stage hunters. It's like a guttural kind of throbbing fucking. Ah. Yeah. Well, the bass player was he he made his own amps just to to handle his his kind of heavy sound. He um, you know, like they recorded this album. Like the crazy thing is, it's such a Aussie album. It was recorded in Germany in Cannes um Cannes the band yeah, um, yeah. studio by yeah. um uh, Connie I think Connie Plank is a guy from Cannes who um recorded it. But yeah, it, it always just makes me laugh to think that such an Aussie album was recorded in Germany and that um it, it, I don't know. It I always kind of laugh because we've got a V dub at the moment and I just think of uh think of these guys at the V dub factory, you know, when they're making their car knowing it's going to australia thinking you know <laughs> yeah God, come on hans we need to put in some bigger bass speakers the <laughs> hunters the hunters the hunters are going to blow the fucking doors off you're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off uh, yeah but uh yeah but that's that's pretty much my album i mean and uh what else was released there? you give me some loving ganga jang i mean that's obviously got surf uh connections yep. with um well i mean mad maybe well, was mad wax released in um in no it wasn't 84? it wasn't i think it was, it was later yeah okay right um, okay some yeah what else have i got the replacements um great uh, yep. album yep, yep 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 um but yeah how about you what else you got there well well so okay so of course there were these the, the, the albums that i mentioned before it was also a seminal year for i guess you would call it post-punk i suppose post-punk um oh yeah so uh, he, how's this for a list of albums from 1984 the celibate rifles nice there and um i only learned this today but on their debut album they have the celibate rifles is written in five different languages oh yeah <laughs> which, i think which, i think that's which, what they call the album don't they five Five languages or something. Right. Okay. Uh, Husker Du Zen Arcade. Oh. Okay. Uh, you you mentioned the replacements. Let it be, which I think is pretty bold if you're going to. Uh, mm. uh, and in fact, um, I think I looked on uh, Rolling Stone magazine named that the album of the year, 1984. Uh, the replacements. Wow. Let it be. It's got um, my, one of my oh, just one well, that uh, androgynous. It's one of my favorite songs. Uh, okay. Well, we'll have yeah. to put that on the put that on the bloody mix. Here comes Dick. He's wearing a skirt. Here comes Jane. You know she's sporting the chain. Same hair revolution. Same build evolution. Tomorrow, who's gonna fuss? And they love each other so androgynous. Closer than you know, love each other so androgynous. Um, Black Flag, My War. Oh, uh, the Repo Man soundtrack, as I mentioned before, <clears throat> the first Butthole Surfers album. What? Uh, another another classically named Butthole's album. Psychic, powerless, another man's sack. 
that's their album title. Um, And a band that I never got into, but I always liked the look of them, Hanoi Rocks. Um, Oh, no, right. Yeah. No, Hanoi Rocks. uh, Hanoi Rocks, two steps from the move. And Hanoi Rocks were like a classic. They were almost, you know, they had these horrible hair bands in the the 80s, right? But they were like a cool kind of punky hair band, not, not the kind of, not like uh, Poison or whatever. They, they were. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's so, classic. so obviously this is a big, you know, there was that whole underground sound. And of course there were REM albums. There were Smith's albums. Oh, yeah. there, there were uh, U2, Unforgettable Fire, I think is 1984 as well. You know, a whole lot of classic albums. But I've got a theory and my theory is that 1984 belonged to metal. Ah, okay. Mm. Yeah. Now, we haven't talked too much about metal in this uh, podcast. No. But, um, and I think that obviously, you know, metal, we, we've talked, we, we talked about Surf 2, we talked about Repo Man, uh, Orwell, we all know what Orwell uh, prophesied in his, uh, in his book, but a lot of what metal is all about is essentially, has, well, particularly classic metal is, Essentially, you know, the downfall of civilization, the uh, demons, uh, uh, darkness, um, pestilence, the end times. P- pestilence, the end times, crusades, death, destruction, etc., <laughs> etc. Et right. So yeah. I think it. I think it kind of ties in with um, with what we've been talking about before. How about they're this? Kind of, a- they're kind of they're very goblet half full, aren't they? I thought you said. I thought you were about to say goblin half full, but. Gob- <laughs> Both of those things. (laughs) Yeah, no, they are. They are, definitely. (laughs) Definitely. And maybe that's because by nature your metal heads are kind of outcasts, um, you know. Yeah. They're not. I I love metal heads. Yeah. I saw a guy just yesterday, actually. We were driving through a small village and there was a guy who's obviously at this time of year in this part of the world, lots of immigrants come back from, um, you know, they all have houses that they keep here and uh, they might live in the States or uh, other parts of Europe or whatever. And there yeah. was this there was this teenager who's obviously not from around here, full metalhead. He had the full, he had the... Nice. He had the black goatee, black hair, black shorts, black top, chain, the whole, the full, full look. And I was thinking, fuck. Mate, it'll never die. Got goths no. and metal goths and metalheads. They're like cockroaches. They'll they'll just keep they'll keep going. I'll outlive us. Sorry. Okay, Second. so how's this for a roll call of metal from nineteen eighty four? Ride the lightning, Metallica. Now, um, anyone who's a Metallica head, 
my Metallica introduction was um, And Justice for All, which is, I think, 1987, but Ride the Lightning is pretty much thought of as the the seminal, uh, either Ride the Lightning or Master of Puppets. But anyway, um, Ride the Lightning, Metallica, Motorhead, No Remorse. Um, huh. Get this, Spinal Tap. This is Spinal Tap. <laughs> That's that good. 1984. Ingve uh, wow. Malm- Malmsteen, Rising Force. Oh, God. Yep. Yeah. Uh, 1984 by Van Halen. Wow. Yeah. Iron Maiden, Power Slave. <laughs> 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 Judas Priest, Defenders of the Faith. Haunting the chapel, um, and then it gets a little bit. It gets a little bit uh, less powerful. Twisted Sister, Stay Hungry. So we're not. We're not going to take it. Came out in uh, in nineteen eighty four. The Scorpions, Love at First Sting. That's got to be one nice. of the worst album titles of all time. <laughs> uh, uh, now, two bands which have got to be terrible bands. I mean, I've heard bits of their stuff. Rat, who were like a hair band, R A double T, out of the cellar. How's that for oh, a name? Wow. <laughs> and uh, and there's a band called Dokken, D O double K E N, and nice. this was named after the lead singer, Tooth and Nail. So um, yeah. Oh, and and uh, I don't know if you classify this as metal, but uh, Billy Idol's Rebel Yell, nineteen eighty four, as well. Wow. Mm. Well, he had he had the look, if not the he sound. Did. So my my uh, argument is my argument is that actually, of course, we had we we had the Oingo Boingos. Thomas Dolby put out a fantastic record in nineteen eighty four, but actually, nineteen eighty four belonged to the pessimistic, goblin half full metal freaks. Wow, I love that uh, <laughs> goblin, <laughs> half full goblin, half cut goblin. That's so good. Uh, yeah. And and I suppose, like you said, how time has stood still since 1984. You a metalhead today is probably just as identifiable as a metalhead in '84. If you know, if someone travel metalhead travelled in time from 1984 to now, there's no evolution. Wouldn't notice. <laughs> They 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 reached peak evolution in '84 and just realised that hey I don't need to 
I don't. What I do not need to change to my uniform. Exactly. My uniform is is never going to change. That's so good. Yeah, uh, that's funny. Black that's will funny. never it's- go out of style. You're, you're never going to be embarrassed. You know, you look back and be embarrassed at the fashion crimes you made. They're never going to have that problem. Well, it's funny because I've got I've got a very good mate who um, has a, a fantastic musical taste. Um, he's not a surfer, but he's a fine music lover. He's in his mid fifties and basically grew up seeing every sort of band that you would ever want to see in in uh, in Britain. Yeah. Um, and I think that probably somewhere in the late eighties, he decided that he was only going to wear black from then on and. He's stuck to that from 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 the, that day forward, you know, and he's he's got his he's not like a goth. He's just he's he's quite stylish, so he's got a nice black suit, um, and uh, nice. you know, but uh, in in summer he's got black shorts and a black t shirt, <laughs> but that's it, black. And, and I guess it's you know it's not ex- not exactly practical when it's forty three degrees, but um, you know, no, guess, no, but, it's yeah. Practical from a uh, from a wardrobe coordination sense, definitely. Yeah, decisions you don't need to make any. Just yep, <laughs> I'm wearing the black today. But um, uh, yeah, on a, on a sort of goth black mood note, I, I think uh, another song from that '84 is uh, "The Killing Moon," Echo and the Bunnymen. Absolutely. Um, Gothic and dark, but the imagery in that—it's um, I think uh, I think uh, it's a classic. Ian, is it Ian McCulloch? Um, he yep, apparently yep. woke up. He, he attributes that song to uh, basically a, a vision from God, where he just woke up and had the song fully formed in his head. But uh, he—he's a—he's an interesting cat, um, Ian McCulloch. Um, well, you, and and what does it mean when you wait until you give yourself to him? What what does yeah, that mean? I do not know. It, fate, what is it? Fate um, up against up, your will. Will yeah. Through thick um, and thin. Yeah, something something. But basically, he because uh, at the same time, um, uh, you two were getting huge, and um, he resented that uh, to no end. And basically, <laughs> it's quite funny because. You two went on this huge tour of the US, but but Echo and the Bunnyman's manager was a pretty trippy kind of dude. He actually ended up forming the KLF later on. Um, uh, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, um, 
done one. Yeah, I can't remember yeah. his name. But basically, KLF, if, uh, speaking of futility, the KLF who famously burnt a million pounds as an art <laughs> stunt. Did they? Yeah. Well, well, that doesn't surprise me after because basically you two went on this huge tour of uh, the States uh, in 80, I think around 84, and but Echo and the Bunnyman's manager thought, no, we're going to tour Reykjavik in Iceland and two kind of obscure towns in Scotland um, because he believed they were on ley lines, um, <laughs> some sort of psychic uh, ley line which would help their career and basically they went nowhere very fast after that. <laughs> well, I, I always wonder, you know, you, we talked about this before that um, what's his face from the go-betweens ended up being a school teacher. And um, I've, I've always wondered what Ian McCulloch ended up doing. Um, I mean, maybe, yeah. I don't, I don't know if they've ever reformed and toured again or, or whatever. Um, I did actually see funnily enough um, uh, the capital city uh, nearest to us Um Lloyd Cole and the commotions are coming here in in the next few months. So, um, oh, wow. yeah, but uh, so these these people are still, obviously, some of them are still going and, and touring, but I, I do wonder what um, what Echo and the Bunnymen <laughs> are, are doing. Well, it's, it's funny. Actually, that, it's... that word itself, Echo, has got to be very 19, 1980s, right? Well, apparently the Echo from Echo and the Bunnyman was from, they originally played without a drummer. They played with a drum machine and the drum machine was called the Korg <laughs> Mini Pops Junior. <laughs> and uh, oh, uh, apparently it was nicknamed Echo. And, um, but ironically, the Bunnyman, I'm not sure whether that, I've just been silly, I think, but the, uh, Killing Moon became <coughs> probably famous it, it, sort of in sort of later times and it sort of resurged their popularity from Donnie Darko, the mm, movie. Yeah. Uh, Mrs. Mrs. Nermelston is an absolute, uh, She that's like her favourite film of all time. So, um, Well, there, there's <coughs> kind of uh, sort of a, a theory that the, the song is based on that song because the song's about fate and Donnie Darko is The, the, is fil the film fate. is based on that song, did you say? Uh, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. That's what I meant. And, um, and there is a character in the um, film in a bunny suit, the bunny well, man. Well, yeah, the 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 whole the the, the kind of freaky, yeah. Mm. Wow. So okay. That, yeah. So, uh, and yeah. I wonder how many I wonder how many other nineteen uh, eighties indie acts have influenced mainstream Hollywood film. There must be heaps, dozens, surely. It's <laughs> three. Um, yeah. But for me, the seminal 1984 moment moment for a sound waver, at least, like us, mm -hmm. would have to be Bell's Beach 1984. Um, because, well, let me just see if this ticks a few boxes. We've got Shane Haran. Laser Zap. We've got Australian Crawl. <sighs> we've got a Wind <clears throat> Keel. We've got beer fights. We've got <coughs> I don't know what else. Hang on, are we talking? We're talking a wind keel on a laser zap, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So how, 1984, 1984 bells was sponsored by Australian Crawl the band, um, which what? is crazy. Yeah, 
No, I don't know. No. I don't know if it was uh, like uh, exclusively sponsored by them, but they they um they played a big part in the uh, eighty four and eighty five bells event because a lot of the Aussie crawl guys were surfers. Um, and interestingly, as a side note, I didn't realize this: the film clip for Errol, um, which is a classic song, and and they oh. they're all surfing and they're surfing, <clears throat> kneeboarding. They're up on the up on the and they're also all. They're all sitting in a jacuzzi together as well at one stage. Yeah, I think they're all with Playboy models. Um, On the the Gold Coast, isn't it? But, yeah, and all the water shots were shot by our good mate, Georgie Greeno. No Uh, way. Yeah. So How good is that? Mate, if that, if I I did know that I I knew that Aussie Crawl, there was a kind of surfing link and whether it's I've seen... Mm. Uh, something of interviewing um uh, uh what's his name david rain about yeah. um i think he was a surfer or some of them were surfers and obviously their music was i mean fuck nothing screams more l- sitting on a beach with um with a chico roll than uh than bloody aussie crawl. crawl really does it yeah well <coughs> yeah so so yeah so basically the 84 bells uh shane haran uh, was inspired by the America's Cup win two years earlier of uh, you know with the Ben Lexon winged keel on the on the oh, yacht. Yeah. Remember, uh, so basically, the, yeah, the board. I was, you can watch it on YouTube. It, it's this crazy teardrop shaped board that he he loves surfing those yeah, McCoy. But this is actually a Terry Fitzgerald board, I think. I have to double check oh, that. Wow. Okay. Um, with the winged keel, and apparently yeah, he kind of kept the towel on the board um, until he, he got down to the beach and uh, ended up just ripping on it. I've got a little quote here. It said, um, "This is against Tommy um, Curran, I think, in the in the um, semi or yeah, I think." It says, um, "We paddle out, and I'm totally in rhythm with the sets, and Tom's struggling. I'm hassling him." And I'd had three bombs and this one wave. I'll never forget this moment. I go into this huge cutback. The board is flying. And here is paddling out right in front of me. I cut back into the tube at 100 miles an hour and I snap inside the tube and come out flying right in front of him. It crushes him and I know I have him crushed at this point. He beats Tom Carroll in the the final. Oof, Um, that's a a hard feat. Yeah. Um, And... um, yeah, there you go. All on the uh, yeah, because this is obviously after the thruster. He he uh, he, he stuck with the the single fin, but then then went with the winged fin. Um, well, there's a, there's an interesting thing there. Um, I was listening as I was uh, setting up a drip watering system in my veggie patch uh, this week. Um, I was listening to a podcast in which Brad Gerlach interviews Kelly Slater. And um, which is quite it's it's quite interesting, and um, yeah. <clears throat> they're talking about all lot of lot of contemporary things, but they're also reminiscing. And Kelly talks about a girl like apparently has now moved to the Gold Coast, and Shane Haran's like his best buddy there. Um, right. And um, in fact, he helped Shane Haran help girl like to find his new house and all this kind of stuff. Um, and Kelly says that Shane told him at one stage that he actually wished he had moved on to the thruster because it things may well have you know he's, he doesn't know I, I don't think he actually 
he's not like lamenting the fact, but he kind of wonders whether if he had moved on to the thruster, he <clears throat> he would have um, uh, done better. Because apparently those lasers apps, because they were like a teardrop, right? They're very odd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At, at their widest point, they were like twenty three inches or something crazy. Yeah, right. Wow. Mm. Um, well, that's interesting. And is like he like there's one point in this because I I got a lot of this uh, stuff uh, about Shane Haran from this. It's a great book. I mentioned it before. It's uh, Golden Days by Sean Doherty. Yep. Yep. And basically, kind of it kind of just breaks down almost a hundred years of surfing in Australia um, in different from different years. In 1984, he he singles out Shane Haran and um, Oki. I might mention later, mm-hmm. um, but. Yeah, a fascinating character, I think, Shane Haran, and probably pretty misunderstood. Um, but it's interesting. He talks about, he said he, he went out, um, uh, I think, a similar time, around 84. He, he said he um, he paddled out 20-foot Waimea on a 5-foot 8 board. <laughs> I, do, said, I do remember hearing something about he that. He said, I felt like a dot in the middle of the universe. But um, he, he kind of, I, I can't really um, find any sort of quotes Credible quotes, but basically what uh, Sean Doherty was saying is, you know, he actually caught some waves on his five foot eight out there, much to the amusement of the Hawaiians. But it's pretty much what the tow guys do now. Um, right, they exactly. ride very very small boards, and and Shane Haran, as as you've pointed out before, went on <coughs> to be quite a, a legendary big wave surfer. Well, um, and he did. I think he. I mean, apart from these, his big wave. Um, uh, feats towing and stuff i think he also there was a i don't think it was a waimea contest but maybe it was a sunset contest where shane won it was like maxing maxing and this is like a comeback event that he he won at some stage I, uh, i'd have to have to look it up but i mean he he obviously had chops in the in the big stuff even when he was on tour oh for sure yeah yeah um but yeah no I, yeah i i just think he um I don't know. Typified. Well, didn't he? Didn't he sorry, uh, typified. Yeah. Well, I just just typified that individualism that was probably very lacking, say, in surfing in particular. I think. Well, and I think you could argue um, one thing that Kelly says in this interview as well is he said Shane is the only person where he goes into his garage that has got more fins than he does. Because you know Shane Shane Aran's obviously been experimenting, but you could argue as well that like a good goth or a, a metalhead, Shane kind of didn't change too much from 1984 onward either. I mean, if you look at I follow him on Instagram. If you look at the boards that he's making now, I mean, they're obviously there's some evolution, but they, they do look strangely similar to kind of McCoy boards of the of the of that. 84 um and he's still obviously still got a lot of different uh what weird and wonderful um fin setups and didn't he have that classic quote about something you know points to his individualism that you just mentioned which was something like i'd rather grow lettuce than win fifty thousand dollars or whatever it is so yeah whether whether lettuce was a metaphor for something else i'm not sure but um could could be yeah. Is I actually I was I was having a chat with um a mate uh, Zoki who who grew up around Torquay because I was asking about I said were you at the Bells uh, eighty four and he said 
Uh, what do you say? He goes, yeah, I was there and Shane was stoned off his rocker. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. But, you know, I think I do um, think a lot. Of, I do think the vast majority of them probably were at that time. Yeah, I, it probably wasn't uh, alone there. Yeah. Well, I've heard that Michael Ho and stuff would kind of, you know, they'd all kind of uh, appear from a combi van. You know, um, they they kind of kept before kept, the heat. Exactly in a cloud of cloud of smoke. So. Um, <laughs> But uh, but interestingly, that uh, Aussie Crawl, I was saying they sponsored the event. They they put on a on a show at the Torquay Pub um, on one of the nights of the contest, and they actually filmed it uh, for a film clip. It's actually um, you can find it on YouTube. It's a version of um, Boys Light Up, and a fight kind of breaks out outside the pub, and and this all gets filmed. So as part of the the concert footage is. Uh, there's a brawls and the cops coming up outside the pub. It's it's very uh, it's very Aussie, very um, you know. It wasn't it wasn't on Rock Arena by any chance, was it? <laughs> it probably was. I'm sure it was on um, Rage. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that, I think that was a, a good uh, a good moment in Aussie surf, surf history. Nine eighty four. Now you you mentioned Oki because I I mean I'm I I guess you know we've talked a lot about Oki but '84 does seem to be one of his um, uh, amazing um, yep. years um, and uh, he um, dominated or one of his first major dominations uh, occurred at J Bay right yeah yeah yeah. Um... Yeah, I think I think that was on on his new Rusty, from what I from what I know. It well, it does. It, 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 I think it was. I've got a little excerpt here from uh, the Encyclopedia of Surf, Surfing, and because um, Oki was on a Oki was on a roll um, at at the age of seventeen. Fucking hell! Can you can you yeah? Can you imagine? Um, and <laughs> it says here. 17 years old, voice higher than a choir boys. <laughs> so young and so young and raw and clueless, as one caretaker recalled, that I had to remind him to brush his teeth. Um, but then it, it talks about J Bay and it says um, double overhead and pumping for the early rounds, small and clean for the finals. And here comes world to a man child, Mark Ocalupo, on his battered little six. Oh, rusty trifin, thighs bursting the seams on his tight of his tight peak short arm full suit, that big hairless chin jutting prow like as he rode out a high performance fever dream. Wow, how is how is that? <laughs> yeah, well, and Sean, Sean, sorry, sorry, Sean Doherty um, said uh, in a surfer profile later on that. This was Oki's perfect point in time. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, because apparently um, he uh, he was being sort of chaperoned by Derek Hind that, that whole year um, as, as kind of a um, so an older head, I suppose, to kind of keep him in check. And um, and talking about the uh, J Bay, Derek Hind, because Derek Hind used to keep meticulous records of of his yeah, and his, his of, little black book and his little black book and he said 
in my exercise book, I had to invent new codes for what Oki was doing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, it's, and, and this is the same, same event at J-Bay. It says, by the time he'd beaten Hans Heidemann in the final on a dropping swell, Oki came in complaining that his board felt funny. He flipped it over to discover that his inside fin had broken loose and was flapping in the breeze. Jesus Christ. More than, more than three decades <coughs> later, Oki surfing at J-Bay during that event is still held as the gold standard. So, but, yeah. uh, but sadly, uh, I think what happened is he got, he got um, seduced by the, the sort of the dark side of, of tour life and, and travelling. Um, and Derek Hines said he, he actually lost track of him somewhere after Europe. And um, so for a couple of months he was kind of just AWOL and, and then he said the next time he saw him was at the OP Pro at Huntington Beach. And he said um, he showed up at Huntington Beach, California, for the OP Pro, looking, according to Derek Hind, rake thin and a different person, like a ghost. Wow. Um, yeah. He said, um, I was meant to be taking care of the guy and um, I basically <coughs> lost him. And then he said... Um, he lost his round three heat to like Wes Lane or something like that, who he should have beasy beaten. And he said, walking him up, watching him walk up the beach that day is still one of the saddest moments of my life, recalls Hind. I knew he was done. I didn't see it coming because Oki was hiding what he was doing under the carpet. He was still leading the world title race by a long way, but he was finished. He was psychologically in the clutches of a really dangerous scene. So, yeah. So, and I think it was only later he was he was diagnosed with um, bipolar. Oh, um, is that right? I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. So I think you know uh, he just wasn't uh, equipped to deal with the intense tour life at seventeen. <coughs> well, not not surprising. And I mean, and obviously Derek's. Uh, opinion is going to be a little i mean derek is famously a complete Hyperbolic. teetotaler and um, yeah. not so yeah i mean wow that's uh, that's heavy mm. but he was um he was on fire on that um on, on that board on on those waves and obviously went on to later um do the same thing so uh mm. you know <clears throat> he's uh 84 was a big year for rocky Sure was, um, um, and also um, in '84 they they ran the eddy at sunset <laughs> in really mar- in really marginal surf. Really, yeah. Was so, it like Ed- Eddie would go? <laughs> Eddie would go with a question mark. Um, funnily enough, guess who was in the final? You just mentioned his name, Hans Heidemann. Hans Heidemann, both of the Ho brothers, Marvin Foster, what? and and the. the uh, the person who took it out, Denton Miyamura. Wow. Mm. Where is he today? Where I don't is know. He now? But, um, it, it, funky trade wind, crappy, uh, okay, not great waves, apparently. So, wow. Mm. Well, yeah, that probably go. could sum up a lot of the 84 contest, too. Apparently, a lot of the two, apart from J Bay, I think was. In Hawaii was in pretty shitty slop. So exactly. Well, I think that from what I've from what I've read, 
the fact that that was so crap made them decide that from then on it was only going to be at maxed out Waimea and the the following year Clyde Aikau uh, in 85 nice. won it um, and uh, Brock Little was uh, oh. but that was 18 he, he was 18 years old or whatever yeah, but, wow. sorry that's 1985 we can't talk yeah about we're, we're outside our lane um, <laughs> Now, speaking about time, I'm going to have to move on in uh, in, a, in about ten minutes or so. So, um, is there any uh, any more surf uh, 1984 surf related stuff that you've uh, that you've got on your on your radar? Uh, I think I think I'm done. I think I've just um, I've exhausted my my scant already scant knowledge. <laughs> <Okay, laughs> <you're right. clears throat> And uh, what about what about uh, questions, quizzes, questions? <laughs> One questions. Um, who won Pipeline in 1984? Um, Joey Baran. Boom! 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 Bloody hell! You're on fire. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That well just done. That, I, I didn't even engage the. Uh, the frontal lobe on that one. I just, Mate, just straight away just came from deep within. Well, and a follow-up question. How many pipe masters did Joey Baran win? Um, I'm going to say one. Mm, yeah. I think it was one. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I often get him because some, I know who was it? Who's the Aussie guy who won two? Larry Blair. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Did he win yeah. two pipes? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Joey Baran. Um, I think he went he went quite religious after that. Uh well, and fun, he's a he's a preacher now, I think, isn't he? Joey Baran. Is he? Well, there you yeah, go. I think so. Uh but funnily yeah. enough, he ma- he actually made the final of Pipe in 78 as a 17-year-old and lost to Jerry Lopez. <laughs> but beat Dane Kealoha in the final. 17-year-old. Can you imagine? I mean, I know that oh, yeah. wasn't it? Potts caught that Pots. ridiculous wave as a 15-year-old or something, wasn't it? Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Fucking wow. Mm. Nice. Uh, okay, so i got a yeah. question. Um, there's a, there was a single released in 1984 mm-hmm. um, by uh, uh, the song was called World Destruction, which is um, very Orwellian, I suppose. Uh, it t- ties in perfectly. It, it, it's not a metal okay. song, is it? <laughs> uh, no. The band was called Time Zone. Jesus. There were, so who was in Time Zone? Okay, <sighs> okay you've you got to give me a, a, a country to start with. I think I'm thinking, well, it's kind of a bit of a world. Uh, basically, there was kind of a is guest it- singer and a producer. So the producer with a guest singer. The the guest singer was from a 70s punk band. The uh, producer was famous for using the 808 very early on. Um, <laughs> Time zone. Um, and, uh, well, it, it, the, it's not a 70s punk band. No, it's not Iggy Pop, though, is it? No. Um, no. Can I put you out of misery? Yeah. It was uh, Africa Bambata Ooh. and... John Lydon. Um, I was going to say John Lydon. Fuck, I was going to say John Lydon. Oh, uh, gone with bugger. that instinct. Bugger. Um, okay, I've, I've got two um, musical questions for you. 
In the Billboard um, end of year Hot 100 singles, um, in the top 10, I want you to name the artists of these songs, okay? <laughs> okay. All right. You, you, nice you, should be, you should be able to get most of them. I'll go from 10 down to one. So, so this is 84. 84, the top 10 selling singles of, on the Billboard chart in 84. Okay. okay. Karma Chameleon. Culture Club. Ghostbusters. Ray Parker Jr. Woohoo! Owner of a Lonely Heart. Uh, pass. <laughs> uh, y- yes. Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Hello. Lionel Richie. Jump. Van Halen. Against all odds. Take a look at me now. Take a look at me now. <laughs> I love. I love that song. Ah, oh, Phil Collins. Oh yeah, Footloose. Kenny Loggins. Say, say, say. God, this song's so bad. Oh, Paul McCartney, what were you thinking? And, and. Oh, a duet. Uh, and he, did, he, did, he did two duets with the same guy. Uh, um, not Michael Jackson. Yes. Uh, number two, what's love got to do with it? What's the Tina Turner? And number one, when doves cry. The artist for me, known as Prince. Nine out of ten. Killed it. Wow. Killed it. Gee. <laughs> your thirteen-year-old, your thirteen-year-old brain was very alert to uh, to music um, yep. in nineteen eighty-four. Well, my thirteen-year-old brain pretty much hasn't evolved, so it's all there. <laughs> hey, mate, you and the goths and the metalheads both, mm-hmm. and, and Shane Duran. Uh, and can we can we not? put every single song we mentioned in the playlist yeah Spotify that, playlist and, and every it, single and every single artist as well <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah well mate that was epic nailed the 1984 mm, um, completely George Orwell you know well and can I can I just sign off with something from uh, from George Orwell yeah. The choice for mankind lies between freedom and happiness, and for the great bulk of mankind, happiness is better. Nice. I don't know uh, how you yeah. feel about that. Freedom or happiness? Mm. It's. A, I think we've given away freedom. I think I yeah. clicked on that in one of the, um, <laughs> you know, accepting the terms and conditions. Yeah, that's uh, it. That's it. We, a we, while uh, we, ago. With every click of every app and every new fucking password, we we give another inch of our freedom away. <laughs> oh well. All right, that's a mate. It anyway. <laughs> no, no. Who needs freedom when we've got confinement? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, uh, well, mate. The next episode epic. is uh, next I've not I've not been to Bali too. Nice. Okay. Well, I'm. Uh, All right, mate. Love your work. I'm going to search out for my Bintang singlet um, yep. and my hair braids. I'm Absolutely. Me too. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be taking the, uh, I'm, I'm taking the BMO to then take the little uh, boat out to Kuta Reef. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just going to just take it easy today and have a, um, I don't know, a little walk down. Well, I'll tell you where we should. No, we can go to Poppy's for dinner tonight. Nice. Okay. All right. Poppy's sure. one. Have a Nazi goring and a 
I don't know. Oh, and a bit of and some Iraq, have an Iraq attack. Iraq attack. <laughs> All right, mate. Okay, Stan. Get shot. Looking this way, looking that 